Hi there. Welcome to the Weekend Windup. We're going to take you to France, a little east of Burgundy, closer to Switzerland, to discuss the wines of Domaine du Pelican, located in Jura. We will hear from Guillaume d'Angerville, owner of Burgundy's most prestigious Domaine d'Angerville, who decided to extend his family holdings to the land of Vingeon, that most distinguishable sherry-like wine coming exclusively from the Jura region of France. Jura is a slightly cooler climate than Burgundy itself, and the unique wines created here are made from the grapes Pulsard, Trousseau, Savonnier, Chardonnay, and Pinot Noir. Vingeon is this region's most famous wine. Made from Savignon grapes, picked at their ripest, these wines are fermented and stored in Burgundian aging barrels for six years or more, at which point oxygen is introduced to the wines as evaporation, or the angel's share, creating room for air to oxidize the wines mid-process. This creates an intensely flavored wine, often compared to Andalusia's Juarez Sherry. Back to Guillaume d'Angerville and Domaine d'Angerville. Domaine Marquis d'Angerville is one of the leading estates based in Volnay, on Burgundy's Côte de Bonne and has been so for more than three generations. Guillaume's father and grandfather were instrumental in helping North Americans discover Burgundian wines. Just after Prohibition, Guillaume's grandfather began selling to the American market, and to this day, the oldest Domaine d'Angerville examples can be found, not in France, but in American cellars. You may ask, what made a world-renowned Burgundian producer seek out Jura, specifically the region of Arbois? Uh, if, if I go back in time, uh uh, I, I was looking for something to do outside of Burgundy since uh, maybe uh, 2005, 2006. And uh, I wanted to do something outside of Burgundy for quite a number of reasons. But one of them was um, I had inherited my estate in Burgundy uh, and I wanted to prove to myself that I could do something of my own uh, that would uh, take me out of my comfort zone, so to speak. So it would not be in Burgundy. It had to be something different from Burgundy. Yet it had to be close enough from Burgundy that I could say without lying that I was really supervising the, the estate and the production of the wines. Uh, and so um, uh, I was doing my, my little, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, circling uh, of... Uh, potential regions that I could uh, look into uh, when indeed the question of the bottle of wine uh, came into play because I was I was having lunch with my wife at a, at a restaurant we enjoyed very much uh, in Paris. And uh, as always, I, I tell uh, the sommelier, who's by the way, who's a, a Canadian guy, <laughs> uh, Marco Pelletier, uh, I said to Marco, uh, Marco, um, as always, you know, blind, uh, but no burgundy. Uh, and he said, yeah, I know the rules. And so um, a bottle of white wine comes, comes and uh, I look at my wife, Pauline, and uh, she's a very good taster, as you know. Uh, mostly women, generally speaking, are better tasters on average, I think, than men. Uh, but, but she's a very good taster. And, and he, she and I agreed immediately that it was uh, Chardonnay. And so we said, mm, Chardonnay, and it looks close from home. Marco must have forgotten the rule. So we, we summoned Marco again and we say, Marco, you know, we think it's a Chardonnay. We were pretty sure. Um, and, you know, we thought we, were, we had agreed that there would be no Burgundy. And he said, well, you're right on the, on the grape. It is a Chardonnay, but it's a Chardonnay from Jura. And this, this was in uh, 2007. Um, and I keep teasing Marco 
to tell him, telling him that he's responsible for my move into Jura. Uh, because, you know, from that day on, I decided that uh, this particular region was really worth a closer look. Uh, and that's when I really started my investigations into Jura in 2007. Uh, and um, I hired a geologist to help me out there. And we looked at many, many properties. And it took us uh, five years before we made our first uh, purchase there. When pondering expansion into other regions of France, surely there was a long list of other places an established Burgundian could seek to explore. Guillaume explains, You know, around Volnay, you could look at uh, Chablis, of course. You could look at Beaujolais, Maconnais. Uh, you could look at uh, Alsace. And you could look at Jura. That's really uh, uh, the perimeter. Um, Alsace was very tempting um, for the same reasons as Jura was tempting, which is that these are two regions which are relatively close. Uh, Alsace was just a touch too far, but relatively close and yet very different in terms of uh, uh, the possibilities, the opportunities, you know, different grapes, different ways of making wines, very different from Burgundy, very different from what I know home, uh, which I th was very attractive to me. Um, you know, uh, Alsace would have been great. It was just a bit far, uh, but I was I fell in love with Juras very quickly after this uh, this uh, situation uh, at the restaurant. Uh, you know, and Jura is so close from home in terms of uh, driving time. You know, it's uh, just an, just over an hour door to door, uh, and yet it's it's a really seriously different region for, from many aspects. You know, five different grapes. Um, the soils are similar but different. The climate is very different. Ways of making wines are, you know, plenty of different ways of making wines. The Savagnin grape is a very versatile grape. You can uh, vinify it in many different ways. Um, so plenty of great attractions and yet a very authentic uh, region and very small, which was also an attraction versus, for example, Alsace. It's a tiny region, you know. Everyone knows each other. Uh, it's only 2,000 hectares in total. 2,000 hectares of vines in total. That's, you know, that's the size of two, two or three villages in Burgundy. So uh, uh, all in all, uh, Jura really came out very, very quickly came out as really the destination that we were going to favor. But, you know, we, we almost gave up because for five years, we looked at properties and the geologist uh, advisor that I hired always told me there was something wrong about what I was uh, trying to buy. It's too windy, too much to the north, uh, too low on the uh, too low altitude, whatever. Always had something to say. So I was almost discouraged. And then in 2012, after five years of looking, we identified two properties which uh, he blessed and we bought. <laughs> so that was the beginning. You may ask. How does Pinot Noir and Chardonnay differ in Jura compared to Volnay? You, you know, it's it's very interesting because I've I've now managed to really be a little bit schizophrenic in my in my approach, and I I I don't often compare now the two regions as as often as I used to when I started in 2012. But you know, it, it it's. Uh, um, what I'm looking for, what I was looking for in Jura when I first started there, were wines with a, a personality, with wines which had a story to tell, wines which provided emotions to the drinker. And um, 
if you want to broad brush, you would say uh, probably uh, the Pinot of Burgundy is perhaps a little bit more complex, perhaps uh, a little bit more uh, uh, silky, organized, elegant, complete, uh, whereas uh, in uh, the Pinot Noir of Jura is very uh, crunchy. It's uh, it's uh, uh, like uh, you you know you bite into a, a black uh, a red fruit that sort of thing. It's 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 a it's a less uh, um, uh, demanding wine perhaps in in uh, in Jura, but has a lot of personality, has a, uh, an approachability which is uh, uh, very different from Burgundy Pinots. You know, it took me a while to to jump uh, over the bridge and uh, and decide to make a a hundred percent Pinot Noir cuvee in Jura, precisely because I did not want to fall into the trap of uh, comparing my Pinot from Volnay to my Pinot from uh, from Pelican. And uh, and I'm glad to report that my Pinot Noir from Pelican is a very 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 attractive wine. I love it myself. I drink. Uh, I drink some of it when I have some left because it's been a good success. But but it's it's a wine which, uh, of course, if you wanted to compare it to a Volnay, it, it's it would be an unfair comparison. But it's it's in and of itself, in an in absolute terms, it has all the ingredients of a pleasant wine because it is an interesting wine with a personality, like I said, a structure, uh, a beauty to it, and some energy also, which uh, I think is quite interesting. As for the Chardonnays, you know, one of the my my biggest surprises when I started there was that uh, the level of natural alcohol in my Chardonnays was uh, the same level as my Maso Santos and uh, in in Volnay. So, and that was a big surprise because I was expecting that the climate in Jura would be such that it would be more difficult to reach full maturity in Jura than it is in Burgundy. So. Uh, the wines that are produced there uh, are also um, uh, have that the, the Chardonnay wines that we're producing there also have that personality thing. They're, they're very tense, also they, uh, they with a with a beautiful minerality, and that's what really uh, I think was the trap I fell into. I I tasted this uh, Chardonnay, which which was uh, over miles and uh, had that minerality that made me think of Burgundy. Uh, as the place where it had been grown, but in, in fact, it was in Arbois. For those who have never tried these wines, there is still a chance to find Chardonnay and Sauvignon from the 2018 vintage. But how was that vintage, you ask? 18, in many ways, was a dream kind of season. Everything went uh, very nicely, very easily. We had no big problems in that particular season. And we had uh, uh, the fortune to have uh, at the same time, quite big volume. It was a big crop. And yet we had uh, all the fundamentals in terms of analytics uh, with those big volumes. So we had the right acidity that we wanted. We had the perfect maturity of those wines. And all, all in all, it, it turned into a, a fairly uh, uh, classic, easy to, uh, easy to approach, easy to vinify, uh, wines and it shows, I think, in the in the wines uh, um, uh, of that particular vintage. And after several vintages under his belt, how does Guillaume feel about Jura and his experiences thus far? There, there's a there's a handful there's a handful of people uh, that are really uh, wonderful winemakers in Jura, 
They've been making wine for a long time, uh, very much outside the radar screen and selling most of their production locally. But now things are changing. The world is waking to uh, to the attraction of uh, of Jura, and and it's fantastic. And and by the way, uh, you know, I always aim to promote Arbois before I promote Domaine de Pelican because I owe now the region of Jura and I owe the Appellation Arbois a great deal because they've welcomed me with open arms and they've been so wonderful to me that uh, it's the minimum I can do to participate in the promotion of the region as a whole as opposed to just my own estate. That was Guillaume d'Angerville and the wines of Domaine du Pelican. Have a great weekend. Drink more wine! For more information on how you can acquire some of the wines of Domaine du Pelican, check out halpernwine.com or send us an email at sales at halpernwine.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast 